All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Mostly Ghostly. Time to get scared. Am I right, Ray? Oh, shaking over here. I see it. The whole my whole my whole computer desk is shaking. We must be conjuring up something crazy. You know what I think we're conjuring up? The spirit, the essence of quite possibly one of the most powerful ghosts around. And why would I say that? Probably, you know, I could be wrong, but I put it with the you know, the first documented haunting in the US. You know what I mean? I feel like that, you know, put some respect on the name. You know what I mean? Like that probably holds some weight, um, some OG status, as the kids would say. Um, so maybe that's what it is, you know. But uh, today we want to dive into the first documented case of haunting in the U.S. You know what I mean? And it happened in the 18th century in Hancock County. You know what I mean? Now, the story was originally published in 2015. This is when people kind of kicked off knowing about such things. In the winter of 1799 in the small coastal town of Sullivan, Maine, you know what I mean, real close to us, we began what is known as the first documenting, ha- documented haunting in the United States. During this series of hauntings, numerous residents of the town claimed they saw and heard the ghost of Nellie Butler, a young woman who died three years before. Nellie Butler. You know what I mean? Uh, are you familiar with this haunt at all? I know she's they're close to us. No, I'm not familiar. Yeah. You know. This phenomenon was recorded by the Reverend Abraham Cummings, a traveling preacher who believed that the apparition was a spirit sent from heaven. Cummings collected 31 eyewitnesses, eyewitness testimonies from the town residents, which he included in a book titled Immortality, proved by the testimony of sense, in which is considered the doctrine of specters. You own that book, Ray? No, that's one of the few I don't or haven't at some time. I was going to say, I, that looks like, I feel like you'd own that. In the existence of a particular specter, you know what I mean? Now, a specter is the little balls of light, right, right? Yes, they are. Well, yeah, those are, uh, we call them orbs now, but specters can be any kind of shady light thing that kind of appears to you. Yeah. At first, the apparition was a mere mass of light, then grew into a personal form. About as tall as myself, testified Mary Gordon, a resident of Sullivan at the time. According to Cummings, we stood in two ranks about four or five feet apart. Um, let me see here. Four or five. We just had alien invasion over him. We... Um, Five feet apart between uh, between these ranks, she slowly passed and repassed, so that any of us could have handled her. I don't know. I think they're just kind of wishing they could have handled her. You know what I mean? At least the personal form became shapeless, expanded every way, and then vanished in a moment. So, I guess they stood two ranks about four or five feet apart from this thing. And uh, it passed back and forth between. Or they were that they were positioned that way, and it passed back and forth. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it became shapeless and expanded every way. 
which kind of like it, like an explosion almost, you know what I mean? Do you take anything from that? Do you get anything from what just, what just happened to them? Uh, my only question is, have they at that point identified the spirit yet? Because it doesn't sound like you, you could unless you're associating it with the place and you're making the association. Mm, yeah, good deal. Uh, at least the personal form became shapeless. Crazy. Poof. Evaporation. So many people saw the same thing and reported the same story, said Marcus. Lebrizzi, an English professor at the University of Maine, uh, which, you know, the, as we've talked about before, they always hold those people to be more credible than anybody else because they're professors and doctors and lawyers and police and such. Uh, at Machias, who studied Maine ghost stories, you know what I mean? So there you go. Uh, and their opinion is we're left with the case in which you've got multiple witnesses, a really convincing ghost, but then this controversy that hasn't gone away for more than two centuries. Many ghost story books have falsely placed this legendary haunting in Mashiaport, about 50 miles up the coast from Sullivan. This misconception stems uh, from the mistake of a researcher in the 1940s. Labrizzi said and has been perpetrated by authors and websites ever since. In an effort to bring this remarkable ghost story back to life, Labrizzi, along with Dennis Boyd of Cutler, tracked down the rare 1826 book Cummings wrote about the hauntings. With the help of local historian Lewis Crabtree Johnson, uh, sounds like a football player. They researched the family histories and found the gravestones of the people named in the testimonies. One of these most exciting finds was the gravestone of Captain George Butler, widower of Eleanor and Nellie Butler, which is located in a cemetery in the nearby town of Franklin. The Brizzy and Boyd then compiled their research, and as they edited testimonies gathered by Cummings in the book, the Nellie Butler Hauntings, a documentary history published in 2010. Maybe we'll get them on the show um, to support that book and get a little deeper in, you know what I mean? Now, the story begins in uh, Blasdale, a Blasdale house near the rocky shore off Taunton Bay. It was in the cellar of that house where the ghost first appeared and most often took shape and spoke, according to testimonies recorded by Cummings. So there you go, taking shape and speaking. That's big. That's a big one. Oh, yeah, that is. I'm curious about that cellar. I mean, if you're talking about near the coast, coast of Maine, rock formations, um, as we know, different rocks and different stones conduct very well as far right. as spirits could have been easy for that spirit to manifest there. It's true. That is very true. You know what I mean? Um, and the water, like in one of the previous episodes, you know, spirits of the water. Claiming to be the spirit of Nellie Butler, the ghost sought to orchestrate the marriage of Nellie Butler's former husband, 29-year-old George Butler, to Lydia Blasdale, who was 15 years old at the time. That's a little frowned upon nowadays. You know what I mean? Uh, it's also just as weird that she helped make that happen. I feel like that wouldn't. I feel like of all the things she would try and help him with, I don't think he'd be finding a new a new lady. You know what I mean? That she has to watch 
watch them fornicate. You know what I mean? That's Test- a little suspect. Yeah. Yeah. Testimony. It sounds more like something he'd say. Uh, he'd blame his pedophilia on fucking his dead wife. Testimonies by members of the Blasdell and Butler families as well was Nelly uh, was Nelly's family. Uh, the Hoopers state the spirit was relentless, visiting multiple times and answering personal questions to prove its identity. So there you go. So they're just speaking outright to this thing at that point. It don't sound like no Ouija board or any any, any craziness like that's being used. It's just like uh, open conversation, very vocal, you know what I mean, which you don't hear a lot of that, but you hear sometimes that, um, you know, we hardly ever hear really any actual like conversation. You, you'll hear, you'll ask a question, you'll get a, a phrase back if you're lucky, but I don't think we've ever really talked about a conversation being held. You know what I mean? You need a lot of power if you're a spirit to do that. Yeah. Even if you're the first one in the U S you know what I mean? Also got to take in consideration. People would be afraid even more so probably back then that, to even admit to seeing something like that in, in fears of it coming back around or in fears of being called a witch or a lunatic and need to be killed type deal. Now on May 28th, 1800, whoo, nice, even 1800. Uh, I believe that is also Kane Hodder who plays Jason, his favorite tequila brand. Fun fact for everybody out there. Lydia and George were married on Butler Point. The next day, the ghost appeared and prophesied that Lydia would be her one child and then die soon after. This prophecy, which came to fruition 10 months later, echoed the sad fate of Nellie Butler, who died of childbirth when she was 22 years old. So she set this 15-year-old up to take the heart out. That's kind of cold. Very weird. Yeah, very, very weird. You think there might be something in that with the fact that almost demonic where like she, if she, I don't, you know, she could probably, you know, first, the the first question is whether or not you think she'd be able, she'd be able to physically bring her wickedry into that situation, you know, because you'd feel like you'd bring her, it's almost kind of one of those weird stories where you hit, like the guy will go kidnap some some 20-year-old girl and bring her back to the house and try and be Dr. Frankenstein or something and, like, you know, switch, sacrifice the younger life for his wife's life back. You know what I mean? I've seen many stories use that plot. It almost kind of sounds a little bit like that a little bit, you know, except for she's not being reborn through the baby. That's the only way that it could be made more uh, Hollywood, you know? Ten months it took for that bomb to drop, you know. That's cold. So they got right on that because you carry a kid for nine months, right? That's the deal. Yep. So, yeah, a month. Yeah. So she sailed her fate a month after that. Uh, very sad. Nellie Butler. Very interesting. And interesting. They both died the same way, too. I think that, that that's that should be questioned as well, whether in reality of story or whatever or if this whole deal was a cover-up where they tried to blame a ghost for something crazy. Now, some in the town saw the prophecy as a sinister curse. Because of this and the, the meddling nature of the ghost, many suspected the apparition not to be Nellie Butler, but a demon spirit. Uh, you know, that, 
Yeah. Uh, sounds like something's going on. Either she loved the dude so much and she was heartbroken that she couldn't be with them anymore or that she got real negative in the afterlife, which, you know, I, I could believe something like that. Others thought the haunting to be a hoax and accused the Bladsville family of tricking George Butler into marriage. That could be true, too. They don't have as much evidence on that side of the argument, but that could also be true. Uh, there was so much controversy that Lydia was basically labeled as a witch, if not a fraud, which kind of makes you wonder, what, what, what would you rather be called in her shoes, a fraud or a witch? Probably a fraud, you know what I mean? Then you're just garbage to people, whereas in a witch, you got to take the long road home, you know what I mean? Take that journey. Well, if you take uh, the time that that happened, you don't want to be called a witch. No, that's what I'm saying. They string you up. Adios amigo. They hit you with that adios amigo pretty quick, uh, which is never good. Never good. You know, the family was ostracized and being pulled. it was being pulled apart. And then the ghost suddenly came back as the phantasmal creature of the Lord singing uh, alulias and chasing down skeptics. So it made a physical appearance to other people as well and scared them when it wasn't being believed. But, you know, we, we've talked about stuff on the show before and everybody, I think, in the paranormal has heard stories of if you're almost mocking a spirit or acting like it doesn't, can't, can't, can't show itself, it's possible that it will at that point do it. Um, but you might not like the vibe. You might not like the energy of the actions. Now, that August, large groups of people gathered in the Blasdell Cellar to listen to the ghost speak on religious topics. During that time, the apparition openly confronted those who doubled or those who doubted its identity and holiness. So the holiness is kind of a creepy thing, too. You know what I mean? Because a regular ghost wouldn't be claiming itself to be a a holiness. It's almost looking for praise. You know what I mean? Which is a little more demonic sounding. What do you think? I agree. It sounds like it's something something different than Nellie something that's using her persona, her image, or whatever, to try and get a hold of people and manipulate them. Nellie was a good girl. She wouldn't do that. Now, the last time the ghost was reported in Sullivan was in mid-August when it followed uh, the procession of 48 people from the Blasdale house to a neighbor's house about a half a mile away. According to Cummins, its agenda was to confront a skeptic and show who was capable of appearing outside of the Blasdale home. Now, this sounds like it, it became a real spectacle. Like people were going there a lot. They're probably charging people and probably trying to know a little bit of a business, which is more reason to keep the, it going. You know, and if it's fake, keep pushing it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they would figure out a way to try and make money off of that and keep the hype and the the, the, the legend going, you know what I mean? Uh, I think as far as back as there has been money, I think that most people, when take a situation like that happens, when they go, oh, well, there's this thing going on. It's bringing a lot of people around, and they're very interested in this thing. I think a lot of folks would go, well, how could I make this financially beneficial to myself? You know what I mean? And I don't blame him for that, but um, I think that there might be a little bit of that thrown in the pot on this one as well. You agree? 
I agree on that. And the downside to that is if there is something there that's uh, evil or masquerading as Nelly, even before you charge money, but especially afterwards as the numbers go up, the number of people, they're bringing their energy and reinforcing this thing so that it becomes more powerful over time. Yeah, that now I, I wish I kind of had a better idea of who Nellie was as a person beforehand. Because if she was someone that kind of got down with dark arts type things, then I wouldn't be mind blown to hear something that, you know, brief before death, you know, maybe, the, you know, the, she had something set up that if she was to die, then she was going to make it so she could be reborn again through a younger person. Um, through some type of weird, wicked, demonic type deal. And, you know, the holy, it wanting to be addressed as holiness, I thought was a real red flag. Because ghosts usually, usually don't, they usually don't want to come off that way. You know what I mean? They're just kind of there. Yeah, they might want to get some attention, but they, I think whenever you're dealing with a, something that wants, too much attention or praise, you know, praise in general. I think you're dealing with some an ego, which is, you know, kind of an, a negative demonic force type situation. I think there's a lot of negative over that. And, and going back to the, 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 yeah, I'd like to know what they were really like before all this happened, what type of people they were, because I feel like there could be something fishy definitely going on with it. Not just like lying to make money, but like people could have died, I think, for uh, fishy behavior. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I, I agree. It, it doesn't add up well, um, particularly to be seen as holy. Uh, as far as I know, most of the people that genuinely were spiritual in nature uh, were more humble and didn't demand that. Uh, so if you've got this entity making this demand, trying to put itself up there, it's trying to trick people, trying to draw them in. Mm. So there's that aspect of it. And or, sadly enough, it could be the people that are trying to exploit it and charge money that are telling these tales yeah. to get more more people to come in. But you, very, you, very suspect on both counts. Now, I know this is the first documented haunting. Uh, I highly doubt it's the first ever haunting ever. But do you feel the fact that it was the first kind of one seen and talked about, you think that gave it more energy? Uh, definitely. Uh, more, more attention, more energy. Yeah, definitely. You know. Um, very interesting stuff, you know. And I do think that there, there's a like kind of a demonic force there rolling with this thing. The biggest red flag was that holiness thing. That was the biggest red flag of the entire thing, in my opinion. Did you have any red flags that popped up other than that? Uh the holiness, the that yeah, that's a that's a really big one right there. Yeah. Uh, that just doesn't sit right. Not right at all. You know, she was very active. She, you could see her, like almost from the get-go of her appearance. You could, she was having conversations with people. That's kind of when I, you know, one phrase I can understand a conversation because when you think ghosts, 
you think of almost echoes and, you know, just kind of lost, caught in the moment, stuck in the moment type deal. And you're seeing, you know, just things played back almost. Um, and then when you have something that can go back and forth with you, I think you're dealing with like a demon, a demon, like we said. Um, yeah, if that's an actual conversation going on there with with somebody, that's just not your normal haunting. That's a lot of power and that's a lot of manipulation to be able to do that. Now, even in the way that it kind of expanded, it disappeared. What's your take on that? Because usually the ghosts would just kind of fade. They don't really kind of just expand and like take it's almost that's almost alien like in a weird way. You know what I mean? But like you know a demonic even with like the triangles when they separate and kind of expand and stuff like that what's your take on that element of it to me it's uh yeah that would denote a, a type of power and manipulation which is not typically found with a ghost to be able to expand uh to grow large before disappearing that doesn't speak well to it being just a regular ghost we were we were just talking to Cindy Lou, our, uh, Cynthia Whitney, the great Cynthia Whitney, recently talking about a ghost that she was kind of dealing with, and she was talking about how it kind of made itself bigger. Remember that to kind of scare, her. and that kind of yeah. popped in my head too. Cindy, Cindy's, she got to say more prayers out there or something more protection because every time we talk to Cindy Lou, she's got a doozy, and we love it. You know what I mean? But protection. the girl needs protection. We can't have anything happen to Cynthia. Um, okay. Growing large, um, that can be to intimidate or impress. Yeah. And if you, have a, if you have a genuine message in your spirit, you don't need to do that. That's what, yeah. That's another red flag for sure. And the way that it breaks up, you never really hear about them breaking up. You know what I mean? Like, they usually just fade away. You know what I mean? This thing turned into, it became shapeless, which when I hear the hair that it became shapeless, I almost feel like it was phys- almost in a physical form and then it almost kind of abyssed, almost like liquid. You know what I mean? Or like we've talked about these weird, like Lovecraftian type creatures that just are like blobs and stuff. I feel like it turned into like a that, like it just kind of turned into an abyssy type thing. And then it broke apart, which is weird. So it's almost like it became a liquid, and then the liquid broke apart, and it just kind of, almost like in an anti-gravity water, like in an anti-gravity. You know what I mean? That's what I'm visualizing. Then vanishes. You know what I mean? Vanishing is the only normal part that goes with paranormal there. Shapelessness. I mean, these things happen, but we don't come across it a lot. very interesting the, the first documented you know ghosts have have had to have been around since at least day 80 you know what i mean if not day one at least day 80 you know i bet a lot of you know day three maybe that's when ghosts started they gave every the first you know it took people three days to kill themselves off by accident and uh that first person had to kind of see what it was like it's very interesting because you also have like the with the with the Christianity element too. You also have it like, 
you know, there's people like before Jesus died with the, with the, he died for everybody's sins. You know, you have that element to it. So it's like before he died, the people that sinned, they just went to hell type deal. That's, I think, I believe that's the, the deal with it. You know what I mean? So go, so they get all these ghosts from that time. It's weird. There's so many weird avenues and side streets to walk down um, with the paranormal. And that's why I love it so much. You know, it's very tricky, very tricky stuff. Um, well, you had two things. Uh, one is you had purgatory. Those who had sinned would go and burn away their sins. But there was limbo. There was a place where good people went and they waited yeah. until, until uh, the Christ came and the gates of heaven were open. Yeah, there's, there's very many different variations that changed over a couple of thousand years as to... Uh, what would happen to a soul or a person if they were if they were good, uh, if they were bad, and that story keeps on changing. Um, it has for a long time. Limbo, limbo. That's kind of what we're, where I think the go. When you see the ghosts are. Well, if somebody told you that they thought the way things worked was, you know, when somebody dies you know, there has to be a spirit linking up at the same exact time. And that spirit jumps in almost like, almost like the deal with sperm. Like when the sperm go after the egg, there's a whole bunch of them going after the egg. The one that gets to the egg becomes the baby. You know, what if there was all these spirits floating around and when a baby's born, so to speak, you know what I mean? Or like when a baby gets pregnant or not when the baby gets pregnant. Okay. This is a, this is a, this is a family show. When, um, you know, when, when the parents have get pregnant with the baby and that life comes in, you know what I mean? If that life is a reoccurring spirit, I know you believe in the in reincarnation. So like, I wonder what your, your, your thoughts are with that. Oh, spirits can choose to come back. Um, if you go to the older, uh, Hebrew, yeah. you have the guff, which is a hall of souls in heaven. And that's where the souls come from that are going to be born that are going to be born into the earth. Uh, there are different variations there. Uh, a bunch of them lurking around waiting for uh, conception. Uh, I really haven't heard of that one yet. I think you just set a new thing in motion there. Nice. That's what we, that's what we try to do here. I hope that, you know, there'll be a big s- statue of me next to George Butler's gravestone. Captain George Butler. They were very excited to find his tombstone and put it all together for him. There was no Nellie Butler tombstone ever, uh, or the or the girl. Very creepy. You know, I think that maybe maybe George Butler was every party involved in the story. It was like some uh, Norman Bates type situation. But uh, with that being said, do you want to say anything else about the first documented ghost in the U.S. history? I have to say that I'm suspicious about different aspects of the story. Yeah. Uh, so I would actually, I would say that it's to me doesn't sound like a haunting in a sense of a person haunting a place. Yeah. Um, if there is anything there at all, I would have to say it's an evil entity that was trying to get a hook into this world, get some sort of control or some sort of access into uh this world yeah but 
I don't think it was someone named Nelly. I think it was something. And what that is, I don't know. And it wasn't Nelly the rapper. You know what I mean? Well, if you're if you're ever up there where it's haunting and you go by the place and you see that thing, you just put your hand up and go, whoa, Nelly. And water off. I had so, to do that. If there was... A- <laughs> If there was a mother having a baby and she was slipping out and felt knew that she was going to pass, you think that she could last minute almost make a deal with the devil and saying, "Please don't let me die. Let you know, let me let me come back." And the sick and twisted nature of it is that she'd have to try and come back in the for in, as somebody else, so to speak, in that twenty-two year old or that fifteen year old. Uh, in theory, it could happen. Yeah. That, I think there's a lot to that. The fact that you know her p- helping helping the husband get to find a new girl, and then that new girl dying the same way, I think is very. I think that's very very weird element to it. The movies would make you be- everything I've ever seen in movies would make you believe that the ba- that that dead lady, the second dead lady, had a baby and it was Nelly. You know what I mean? And like. Uh, she grew up to be, you know, whatever. Now, but she's younger now, so now she's on the prowl. Now she's on the prowl. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think there was something definitely dark going on in this one. Um, probably could have stemmed from something real. I think that they, you know, whenever there's the first anything, I think you're gonna, you know, it's gonna turn into kind of a business at some point. You know what I mean? And try and sell it, uh, or at least sell the idea for legacy. You know what I mean? And you're going to hype it up either way. But it was cool to hear that uh, the first hauntings from Maine, somewhat close to us, you know. Uh, yeah, not too bad. It's That's an interesting place. I've been up in Maine and uh, there's some weird things going on up there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm with that. So, hey, is there anything you'd like to say in closing? Uh, no, I think that there may have initially been something there. Yeah. What it is, we'll, nev- we'll never discover. Uh, as soon as they put money and as soon as it became legend, then it starts getting twisted with every telling. But uh, there was something there, and I doubt if it was Nelly. I think it may have been something uh, a little a little darker than that. Mm. I have to agree with you, unfortunately. I think that's the case. Um, you know, could, there could be some hu- human mind conjuring going on in a situation like that as well. Uh, some Mothman-type prophecy stuff a little bit where, you know, making a mockery of, you know, and making a business of and giving the attention to could also create or bring something back that wasn't there for a while. But, uh Yeah. That was another uh that was another nice mostly ghostly history lesson for y'all out there who's ever wondered, gee, I wonder what the first documented case of ghosts in the good US of A would be. And now you know, and no one is after the battle. So with that being said, if you enjoyed this show, make sure you subscribe to Mostly Ghostly wherever you listen to audio podcasts. This is a very important thing. 
It means the first second that an episode comes out, you get a nice little notification to let you know it's there. You don't got to wait for it to go on a Facebook page or us to share it or whatever. It's just there. It's there. And we appreciate the support. And you, we count you in our army. Uh, the number is, of course, good for us. And we want everything to be good for everybody, right? So go subscribe and uh, be down with the gang. Do it big. The Mostly Ghostly Gang. And, uh, yeah, we hope everybody out there is doing well. And we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly. (laughs) 